Hi everyone, welcome to Extra Help with Inside Schools. I'm Tom Liam Lynch. It was recently announced that New York City schools would not honor the spring break calendar, and instead teachers and families would have two days that correspond with some religious holidays, um, but that the entire second week, those other five days, would be in session for schools. And by in session, officials mean online learning and homeschooling. When I woke up this morning and read that news, um, I realized pretty quickly we'd have to have a family meeting at breakfast. Uh, The main reason was we had to wrap our heads around it and we had to deliver the news to my son. Um, And so I want to just share a little bit about what that conversation was like uh, in hopes that maybe it'll help some other parents uh, out there, maybe teachers as well, in terms of, you know, navigating these conversations with, uh, with young people. So the first thing we did is we had we're having breakfast. We try to have like routines in the morning. Um, we try to keep some of those in place. So like we all try to sit for breakfast together, which was actually something pretty hard to do um, pre-corona, um, just because we were all trying to get out and get places at a certain time. Um, but we were, you know, we sat at our at our small table, and um, and I shared that the city had um, made that decision. Um, I believe it might have come from the state, but regardless, the the decision had been made. And my son was immediately just sort of uh, uh, upset about it in terms of, you know, how can they do that? No, we were supposed to have spring break, etc. So I, I focused the conversation initially on just the rationale behind it. Um, and there were three main points that I was trying to drive home. So the first is that um, students are actually losing a lot of learning time already because of the coronavirus. And so, you know, there was sort of a week where there wasn't much going on. It was like a transition, right, as schools had closed. Um, and then even though, yes, like, you know, in in some, if not many schools, there's versions of online learning going, you know, I drove home the point that, like, it's not the same thing as going to school and actually being in class with your teachers and your peers all day. Um, and so there was time being lost in terms of learning and that it was important to try to to try to make up that time um, in ways if you could, because if you don't wake up, make up the time now, then lots of students are going to be farther behind than they should be when September comes around. And so in his case, I tried to drive home the point that, you know, sixth grade, um, you don't want to start sixth grade, you know, too far behind. You want to be able to catch up and to learn, you know, what you need to learn. The second point in terms of my the rationale um, was that if children don't have learning with school going on at home, it would it could actually be a lot harder for parents um, in a time that is already really hard for folks. So I gave the example of like you know mom and I are both working from home and we're trying to you know do the best we can, but if you know we know that you have school, you have to he logs in in the morning and checks in with his teacher in class. There's kind of checkpoints during the day. Um, it's not at all the same as being in school, but you know we know at least that your teachers are responsible for you to an extent. Um, while, you know, throughout the school day, quote unquote, and, um, you know, and that allows us to be able to focus on our work and to make sure that we're helping people that we work with and, you know, and that we can, you know, provide for our family, et cetera. Um, I also, you know, tried to share as well that, you know, there are other parents as well who, you know, are not necessarily able to work from home. Um, and for them, it's like it's been especially stressful because they've had to worry about, you know, trying to find some sort of uh, routine for their for their own families. And, you know, that by providing break in that case, it wouldn't actually make their lives much easier. It might actually complicate things a bit more, um, perhaps. 
The third point I tried to raise was that, you know, if, if children, especially older kids, um, are without school responsibilities, then it's way more likely that they're going to want to get outside and, and play together, gather together, um, especially if the weather is nice. And that point kind of resonated a bit for whatever reason, whether it's because he's seen, you know, signs at parks or he's just kind of aware that like you're, you know, we're supposed to be practicing social distancing. And he, I think, knows the behavior of young people already at the age of 10. He knows that like um, totally if school's out and, you know, people are going to want to get to the parks for sure. People want to get outside. They're going to want to see each other. Um, Now, he also had some really interesting points about you know, why, why he was upset about it. Like one was that, you know, he, he drove home the point that like kids need to still, they need a break from learning. They just need to chill out. And the idea of like having that week where he could just, you know, disconnect a bit and not worry about any school stuff was something he was actually really looking forward uh, to. Um, to that end, he even, he, you know, he suggested he even had plans, <laughs> unbeknownst to me, I think, or probably, or, or my wife, um, but he had plans, um, you know, to video with friends, for example, that he hasn't seen, um, or to do, you know, he played Fortnite and those kinds of games, and, you know, he, he was really thinking of, like, having these, like, you know, Fortnite tournaments and these epic kind of multi-hour video, um, you know, retreats, um, you know, I don't know if that would have happened, but, but, though, but he had plans is the point, right? So, you know, kids too already will have like a sense of how they might have wanted to use that time. Um, and, and it's important. And the social aspect is really important um, in terms of their own development. Um, he then asked for waffles at breakfast as a consolation prize, which I totally gave into. <laughs> um, another perspective too, that I just want to share on some of this has to do with some teacher friends of mine too, that I've observed online, you know, kind of processing it. Um, as they've learned the news, I think the UFT, um, uh, had um, left a message last night, like a video message or something that was kind of announcing it. Um, and, you know, a lot of teachers are parents, um, not all, but a lot. Um, and aside from just the general idea that like professionals should have a period of time where they can decompress, they can retreat, they can focus on self-care. Um, for parents who are also teachers, I think that was probably especially important. It'd be really interesting data point to see actually, like how many current teachers are also parents of kids. Um, because, you know, uh, one friend was saying that like, you know, look, I've been I've been wearing these two identities at home, not very well and trying to be present for my students and for my own children. And it's not going super great, but I'm doing the best I can. And I really needed that week to just focus on being a mom. And I think that that's really, I think that that's really, a, that's a real powerful point. And I haven't necessarily, I didn't necessarily consider that, you know, I was a teacher, but I'm not a teacher currently. And so I could, I could really see the importance at this moment in time of having that, you know, having that week to just like reconnect as in like your mom or your dad role, you know, in your home. Um, but that doesn't sound like that's going to be an opportunity. So, you know, there's, there's no easy answer to any of this, of course, but I think what's most important is the quality of the conversations we try to have around it. Um, you know, so first and foremost, like try to talk to your child if you haven't already. Um, and if some of these, you know, some of these notes from my own conversation with, with my son and my wife were useful, then, you know, then go for it, borrow away. Um, but also, you know, I'm starting to think about what are ways that we can have some special events during break anyway. 
you know so if my son was excited about having some kind of video game tournament like can we come up with a version of that anyway maybe coordinating with some other parents maybe whatever it might be but like maybe we can make a little bit of that happen anyway um and a third thing that I'm I'm trying to figure out the best way to do is to is to, like to talk with the my child's teachers too, like to reach out and to say, are there ways that I can help? You know, if this was a, if this was face to face learning and there was you know a crisis going on, there it's it's a bit more natural to kind of say like, hey, can I you know can I be of support in your classroom or are there things that I can email to other parents or like how can I help? Um, it's starting to recur to me occur to me that like in this current model that we have. It's not so clear how to do that, how to be of support to one's um, child's classrooms and their teachers. But that's something I think maybe uh, I certainly need to give some more thought to and, and invite, you, uh, I'd invite you to do the same um, and share with me any insights that you might have or any tips or any things that you've seen because uh, I think that there's more maybe that, um, that you know, families can even do to try to, um, to be of specific support to the teachers. You know, I'll, I'll, I might talk more about this in future episodes or write more about it, but, you know, I'm, I'm, even though I, I, I understand the, the teachers that I've seen stepping up to do the kinds of um, remote learning that they're engaged in, I think are, are, are doing a really fantastic job and are doing the best they can. Um, I also want to underscore that, like, they, they really received very, very little support from, um, from the city to do this well. And, you know, that's something that I think we need to talk more about. We need to understand more thoroughly. Um, the, from what I've heard from lots of different uh, folks working in schools is, you know, the message, whether it was implied or it was explicit, was, you know, you got to figure this out for your own community. Um, and there's something really inherently wrong with that when you're in a school system with, um, you know, with... Uh, 1800 schools and you know 75,000 teachers like you can't that can't be that can't be the approach that can't be the strategy um so i'd love to i'd love to explore that more and to and to unpack that a bit more down the road but all of that to say you know talk with your child's teacher if you haven't and just say are there ways i can help or can we think together about ways i might be able to help you and, and see what happens all right that's all for this episode but our engagement, as per usual, does not have to stop here. We have lots of resources and tools over at InsideSchools.org, where you can find independent reviews of city schools and sign up for our weekly newsletter. Um, we've also been beefing up our blog posts as well. So you'll find, um, if you click on that front page, you'll see that there's a kind of a growing catalog of new posts that well, we really try to make as responsive as possible to the topics and questions that are coming up um, in the headlines and also in our uh, in our conversations with with readers via social. Um, you can also find us pretty active, speaking of social, over on our Facebook page and Twitter. And finally, please consider subscribing to our podcast. And if the spirit moves you, leave us feedback. It means a lot. Until next time, I'll see you online. <laughs>